You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. We're going to talk about excellence today, and this is our core value, uh, number five. And so we have six core values in our church, and so we've been going uh, through those uh, the last four weeks, and we have this week and the next week, and we're going to be done with looking at the core values. But I've really enjoyed ministering on these things, because a lot of times you'll make something like, oh, this is important to me, but you don't necessarily have a lot of explanation behind it. And when I was particularly, when I was looking at excellence, the Lord really downloaded a lot more stuff to me concerning excellence than even what than even what I understood and and was seeing and and applying. And so just a a brief recap, we've talked about unity, honor, hospitality, faith, and now we're going to talk about excellence. And when we think about excellence, uh, I believe that uh, I know for me that I've had probably a wrong mindset about excellence at times. And we're going to look at the at Daniel a little bit because the Bible says that he had an excellent spirit. And when you're looking at what it means to be excellent, it's not so much about what you're doing as it is how you are doing, whatever it is that you're doing, but also, and this is the most important, why you are doing what you are doing. The motive behind it, the motive that drives you to do what it is that you are doing. Because if your motives are wrong, then you wouldn't be doing something excellent, even if the end result was better than everybody else's. If your, if your motive for doing it was wrong, then it definitely would not be coming from an excellent spirit because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of excellence, right? And everything he does is with a perfect, pure, right motive all the time. So excellence really speaks more to why you are doing something. Definitely how, because we need to do the very best with what we've been given, But then when we're doing it, we need to make sure that our motivation is to do it as unto the Lord. Amen? So if we can pull that slide up there, I want to read this, and then we're going to get into some things here for just a few minutes. So this is excellence, and this is our our statement, our proclamation about excellence. I will do the best I can in every situation, constantly breaking the barrier of mediocrity. And now this is a part that the Lord added, added to this. So it used to be that first stanza that I read, that was our our statement about excellence, but the Lord really downloaded some more things to me. And he said, it's also this, keeping my heart motives pure and character aimed at the highest level. And so when you look at the idea of excellence, we want people to not only be able to say they did a good job, but we would also want even our enemies that would try to speak ill of us to not be able to find anything to speak ill of us. One thing I have determined in ministry is 100% true, well, several things, but this is one of them, is that we have a devil and he doesn't like us. And he often will use people that are just fleshy, that don't, don't know anything. Sometimes they just don't understand where we're at or what we're doing. And they'll, they'll use them to bring things against us and against you. You're not going to do anything, any work for the Lord without the enemy coming and trying to stop what it is for you're doing. Whether you're talking about having a whole work in a region like this, or you're talking about going to the gas station and witnessing to somebody, whatever it is, if the enemy, if it's within his capacity, he is going to try and work 
to come against you. And oftentimes it will come through accusations and things like that. We're going to look at that just briefly here in a a moment. But I want to pull this verse up. So Colossians chapter 3 and verse 22. I want to look at Colossians 3 and 22. And this is a very simple to me. This this would be maybe the, the excellent scripture that would define what excellence looks like to us. It says, bond servants obey. And I just wanted to put this in context. It says, bond servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasing, but in sincerity of a heart fearing God. Now look at verse 23. And it says, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. So the very nature of this passage here is talking about doing things to please the Lord and not doing things like with eye service and man-pleasing to please man. And we find ourselves as human beings, but even as believers, often doing things looking for a reward, looking for a pat on the back, looking for an attaboy from people. And that's very easy to fall into, into that because everybody loves it. When someone comes up and says, you did a really good job. Didn't you love it when you were a kid and you, you did great at the sport or at the recital or at the whatever you were doing? And somebody came up and said, that just felt, uh, or that was just so good. That was, and it felt good whenever they said that. But if we're not careful, we can begin to wrap our identity up in those things and be doing things to get that from people. And that's where we actually start doing things not heartily as unto the Lord, but we start doing it for the, the pleasure of people being able to say something you know, over us and give us that pat on the back. But that should never be the motivation why we do something. It should always be heartily as unto the Lord. And so I want to read the, the next couple of verses here and put this in context. Verse 24. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Verse 25. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. So this is talking about reaping rewards eternally from the Lord based on doing something heartily as unto the Lord. And if you're looking in context of excellence, most of the time, and this is where we will apply the idea of excellence, we will look at somebody that does something, and it might not be to our standard. And we'll look at that and we'll say, that was not done with excellence. But the truth is, is it could have been done to that person's ability, maybe not even their standard, but that was all the ability that they had But because they did it heartily as unto the Lord, the Lord says they're going to receive a reward because their motivation was right when they were doing it. Why you're doing something is more important than what you are doing. Because if God can get your heart, he'll get you to do your best in everything that you do. So as far as the end result of something, that actually is not the goal. It's it's having your heart laid out before the Lord so that when you do it, if there is room for increase, and really everything we do, there's always room for increase, for growth to do things better. But when that is needed, the Lord is able to bring that adjustment, that change, that correction to us to do it even better with the resources that we currently have, but never leaving behind the idea that it's our heart motivation why we're doing it is the most important thing. Titus chapter 2, let's look here at a couple of verses. I mentioned about 
people that, that might have accusations and things like that. And um, I certainly have experienced my fair share of, of that. And anybody that's read my book in there, I, I have a whole chapter talk, talking about sand ballots. One day I'll say my particular book, Finding Kingdom Builders, because I'm going to write a bunch of books, amen. Um, but in that particular book that I, one and only that I've written, I have a whole chapter in there called Sand Ballots. And sand ballots are basically ones that oppose the work of the Lord. And they come against it, and they try to stop it, and they bring accusations, those, those kind of things. And so when you're going to do something for the Lord, you are going to have, uh, especially when you're really tied in with God's assignment, you're going to have things come against you. And this is really important to understand this, because sometimes when things aren't working, you can feel like you've missed it. And it's possible if things aren't working right, you need to step back and go, Lord, what do I need to do different here? But it is also very possible that you're, it's not working because you're, you're having demonic hindrance because you are doing the right thing, because you're on the right track. You have to use discernment in those things, but when you're doing something, don't automatically throw it off and say, oh, this, you know, I've missed it. It's not the Lord or whatever. It could be the enemy very strategically working to try and stop you from, from finishing your assignment. But look here in verse 7. It says, in all things, this is Titus chapter 2 and verse 7. It says, in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility. Notice it says, to show these things, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who has an an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing, that the opponent will be ashamed, right? Having nothing evil to say of you. So this speaks not only to the outward, but also the inward, because when it's talking about incorruptibility, any form of corruption that you would ever see, you know, you see somebody, you know, commit murder or rob a gas station or, you know, whatever they would do, they didn't just do that without a participation on the inside. So being corrupt, and we have a whole city called Washington that is basically all corrupt. Don't go down that road, Kent. Corruptibility doesn't just happen out here. It's on the inside because there's something that's going on on the inside. And so the idea of doing things with excellence should be for right motivation. But when we do it, it will keep us from being at a place where people would have anything negative to say about us. They would have to manufacture something evil to say about us. And that's one of the things I've, I've found is that I've, I've seen people that have tried to come against, you know, my character and stuff, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, but basically I, I, we really work to live above reproach to where we don't, people can't come and say, you know, you did this and you took money and I saw you, blah, 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 blah. So then people will just manufacture things and they'll just say things that try to sound spiritual like they know what they're talking about when they don't have a cotton picking clue what they're talking about. And they'll, they'll say things like, you know, you're, well, you're a false prophet. It's like, well, that's a very blanket statement with no explanation behind it, that all you're trying to do is to get people to think negatively about me so they can think positively about you. Why don't you change your character and the fruit and the manifestation in your life, and people will probably think more about you. Sometimes the biggest slanders will come from people that have the least to offer, and they'd rather bring you down instead of trying to raise themselves up. Let's look here at Daniel, one of the most excellent men in all the Bible. And we're going to go to chapter 6, Daniel chapter 6, and we're going to start at verse 3 and just read just a few verses here. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 
120 satraps. I have no idea what that is, but there was 120 of them. To be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one. So Daniel was very high up in the government. That the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king, king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Now, actually, I don't know if we got verse 4 to pull up there, but I want to read verse 4 too. It says, So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. I would propose to you the reason they couldn't find fault was because he had an excellent spirit about him. He was concerned about integrity. He was concerned about being loyal. He was concerned about doing things right. And it stemmed from not a motivation to please man, but a motivation to please God. And when they sought to find something against him, they could find nothing against him. If you are right with the Lord, you will be right before men. It doesn't mean they won't accuse you, because they often will. But if you are right before God, then man can't find anything to bring against you. The enemy won't have any legitimate thing to bring against you. Hallelujah. But Daniel was a person of absolute excellence. And I want to talk to you about a couple things concerning excellence. And that's about all the scriptures that I wanted to share. And I want to, I want to give you something that's really, really going to help you concerning excellence. Um, excellence, let me say this, reflects the divine nature of God at work. When you see God's handiwork on something, you see something that's excellent. So the manifestation of excellence is something that's done in completion with all the resources that are available to do it at the very highest level. And when you see God do something, he doesn't do something part way. This is just something that should be of, of believers in everything that we do. If the spirit of excellence really is at work in us, we won't do something part way. We won't go back on our word. We'll operate in integrity. The Bible says that a man of integrity swears even to his own hurt. I've met people that called themselves believers that would say, yes, I will do this. And then when it came down to it, because it was going to cost them money, they would go back on their word. They would not welch. That has to do more with betting. But they would go back on their word because it was going to cost them something. Yet a man of integrity, which I would say in, in, integrity and excellence go hand in hand, a man of integrity will swear even to his own hurt. When you give your word to somebody, your word should be as good as gold, even if it costs you money. One time I did a job. It was a, a window tinting job. And I don't know what happened, but I, I bid the job wrong. And when I got to the house, the customer had these other, these other windows. And like, I didn't figure those windows in there. I said, well, I didn't figure those windows. She's like, yeah, you, you did. And so we got to looking, and sure enough, I'd figured those windows in there, but I figured it like it was like six or eight hundred dollars, you know, lower. And uh, I said, "Man, I didn't, I didn't include that in there." And uh, I said, "But obviously, I said I would do them for that price, and so I'll do them." And she said, "Well, how about this is this is how I take integrity." She said, "Well, then how about we we split it?" And I said, "You know what, ma'am? I really appreciate that, but I said when I gave you." that estimate, 
I gave you my word, and I said, I'm going to do all the rest of your windows at the cost that I gave you, and I'm not going to do it anymore. I mean, I easily could have taken another whatever it was, two or $300 more and split the thing, like, or whatever. But my, when I give my word about something, it is extremely important to me. Integrity is something that has to be, uh, has to be pushed forward. And, and I believe that that was the thing that caused Daniel to be able to rise to the top the way that he did. Um, when it comes to excellence, people often, and when you talk about, uh, talk about accusations, these are things that I've experienced is that when people, when you have someone that has a spirit of excellence, oftentimes they're very jealous because somebody is performing at, at a high level noticeably and they get jealous. And so again, they'll bring accusations. They'll come against that person. Instead of, uh, of praising them and praising God for what he's done, they'll actually come against. And these are some of the things that kind of a religious or a, a jealous spirit would say is that I've had people call me controlling and sometime I will talk about uh, the spirit of control. I'll talk about the spirit of Jezebel. I've actually always wanted to minister on that, and I've never done that. But there's a lot that could be said about all of those things. But I can tell you one thing. Every human being actually has a tendency to lean towards being controlling because we always want things to be done like we want them to be done. But when you operate in excellence, people will often say that you're being controlling. They'll call you uncaring. Because when something needs to be done properly and be done with integrity and be done to what the Lord is wanting to, to have done and for things to be put into order, those kind of things, people will oftentimes say, well, you're just being uncaring and you're not really caring about my needs, those kind of things. Um, then people will often say that you're being critical because you can look at something and say, okay, we need to adjust this. We need to make an adjustment here. Because even though the heart condition is the most important thing, it is not the only thing. When something, when you know somebody and you're leading people and you know their ability is here, but then they only did it to hear, it's right for leaders, for moms, for dads, for bosses, whoever, to go to that person and say, look, I know you can do it here. What's going on that caused you to only perform at this level? The heart of a father will try to get to the root of the issue, but at the very least, you need to be able to help them because maybe they're just not seeing something. Maybe they got an attitude problem. Maybe they got something going on that they need to come up to the higher level. And sometimes when you do that, people will say, you're just being critical. No, we're trying to be excellent to do the very best we can with what we have, constantly breaking the barrier of mediocrity. The kingdom does not stop and does not stay at status quo. It's always pressing forward to the highest mark, to the highest highest call to the very best that it can possibly be in every single situation. Another thing that people will talk about, and I'm going to talk about this for just a couple minutes, is that people will say that, and, and they'll accuse and say that, you know, well, you're, you're a perfectionist. And there is a fine line between being a perfectionist and, be, and uh, doing something with excellence. And I have operated in both in my life to where it's like, it has to be this way. It's got to be this way. I, whenever I come up here, I often adjust the pulpit podium towards even on these lines. Is that excellence or perfectionism? Well, I think the ushers did a great job of putting the pulpit here. Maybe it's perfectionism that wants me to have it right there. I don't, I don't know, but I'm not bound to it, that's for sure. But there is a difference between doing things in perfectionism and doing things in, in excellence. And the spirit, and I want to talk about this for a couple of minutes, this is very important. The spirit of uh, perfectionism actually opposes the spirit of excellence. And I'm going to give you a list of things and show you how the spirit of perfectionism will actually wear you out and work in opposition to God's excellence working through you. Let me show you these things. So perfectionism, and really what it is, is it's a counterfeit excellence. 
It's, it's doing something for the sake of pleasing your flesh or for the sake of trying to get uh, pleasing other people and get that pat on the back of like, I did it and I did it right, so now give me the trophy. Versus an excellent spirit is always working to do the very best it can, not necessarily caring what everybody else thinks, really ultimately caring what God thinks, doing things heartily as unto the Lord. So a spirit of perfectionism, find time for my tablet to no longer... Oh, no, is right. Here it is. It's, here we go. Someone was praying and the Lord answered. Okay. Perfectionism won't allow for correction. Excellence longs for any word that brings increase. And some with an excellent spirit will actually look for someone to bring correction, instruction that will help will help move things forward because somebody that's bound in perfectionism can't handle because their whole focus is on performance. They can't handle hearing anything uh, other than you did the job perfectly. So perfectionism, and you can write these down. Let me give you the first one again. Perfectionism won't allow for correction. Excellence longs for any word that brings increase. Perfectionism cares only for results. Excellence cares about the heart knowing the results are a byproduct. Perfectionism, which again is a counterfeit of excellence, perfectionism cares only for results. Excellence cares about the heart, knowing the results are a byproduct. Perfectionism brings, uh, becomes burdensome in the doing. Excellence brings joy in the doing. If you, want to, if you want to know if you're operating from a spirit of perfectionism or if you're operating from a spirit of excellence, if you have no joy in what you're doing, I'm not saying everything, you know, is like, you know, this is amazing if you're scrubbing toilets or you're, you know, there, there's certain things we just don't like to do very much, right? Amen. Everybody can agree with that. But if you have like no joy and it's nothing but a burden to you, oftentimes people will quit doing something. I don't want to go, I could go down this road for a long time, but oftentimes they will quit doing something because they'll be like, well, I just don't really feel the Lord's called me to do that. Actually, what you need to do is you need to press through, find joy in it, and then God will probably bring you out of that thing once you quit going around that mountain so many times. Because an excellent spirit, it's not about finding the right job, it's finding joy in the job that you're doing. I want to make note, and they don't want me to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways, and they can whatever afterwards. But our church is incredibly clean, particularly on this side, but it's clean other places. And our, our whole team does a great job. As you know, John and Artie come. I believe it's every other week they come, and they clean. And I'm, I'm in and out with people doing different things here or there or whatever. And I have yet to ever come in, and they have a bad attitude when they're cleaning. And literally, they, they clean the toilets that you, you and your children dispose things in. <laughs> it's reality. Uh, they whistle, they sing, they're smiley, they're happy. Now, maybe they've got, like, they've got a beat on me when I'm walking in and they put a face on, but they don't. I can guarantee you that. Because the same, the same report comes from every person. And I can tell you that this church has never been as clean as what it is when they do it. 
because they do it at the very, and I'm not, that's not coming down to anyone else that's cleaning the church. I'm just saying they look at every nook and cranny to do it the very best that they possibly can, and their attitude is incredible when they do it. And they don't like that recognition or whatever, but too bad. You guys do a great job. Thank you so much. Yes. And if, if you don't think that God looks at those things, you're only deceiving yourself. Because sometimes the Lord will ask you to do something, and it is really so that He can test you while you are doing it. I don't think, I don't think God would test. Oh, yeah, God tests. Even if you do a bad job, he'll still love you. But he's watching what you do and how you do what it is that you are doing when you do it. Because oftentimes people want promotion. They want God, they want increase. But the Lord's like, well, let's see how you handle this. And when you can't handle that, then the Lord's not going to give you more to be able to not handle well. The spirit of excellence will be glad to do whatever menial job. And I'll be honest with you, I, I struggle I struggle with this in certain things that I think, here I am, this great pastor, man of God. I'm just kidding. I don't do that. (laughs) I don't do that. But after 10 years in ministry, there's still certain things. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I mean, honestly, before, why am I doing this? And I have to go back and say, you know, Lord, I need a checkup from the neck up. Actually, probably from the waist to the neck. My heart's in there, right? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I need a heart check. Because if I'm doing something, even if I don't like doing it, I need to make sure I'm doing it motivated by the right spirit, a spirit of excellence that will do it as unto the Lord, even if I don't like the particular thing that I'm doing. So a spirit of perfectionism uh, brings condemnation and failure. I'm sorry, a spirit of per- did I say perfectionism? Spirit of perfectionism brings condemnation and failure. A spirit of excellence grows through failure. You ever been, don't raise your hand, but you ever been condemned because you did something and it didn't work out right and maybe it was horrible, you know, you, whatever it was? Uh, perfectionism would cause you to be condemned during that time. A spirit of excellence will say, you know what, I'm just going to grow past this. I'm going to learn from my mistakes and we're going to do it better next time. Good way to be. A spirit of perfectionism has a, uh, is critical towards self and others. So perfectionism is critical towards self and others, whereas excellence flows, and flows from and continues in an attitude of mercy. So when you're leading, you're in charge of something, you're over somebody, even if it's just yourself, and something is being done, perfectionism would cause you to be critical Whereas the spirit of excellence is always staying in a place of mercy. Have mercy on yourself. You know, a lot of times people, and I would say this is pretty fair for everyone in this room, you're pretty merciful towards other people. I watch you. I'm watching you. Everyone here. You're merciful towards other people as a whole. This is a, good, this is a very uh, merciful church. But sometimes we get really hard on ourselves and we're not very merciful on ourselves. You know why? It's because we're operating in a spirit of perfectionism and not excellence. Excellence will allow room for you to make uh, mistakes. Perfection, perfectionism will never let you settle for less, but it will condemn you if you don't hit the mark. Whereas excellence will never let you settle for less, but it will only help you grow when you don't hit the mark. 
I felt like that was really good. I'll say that part again. Perfectionism will never let you settle for less, but it will condemn you if you don't hit the mark. Whereas a spirit of excellence, you'll never be condemned in what you're doing. Because the deal is, is that when your heart's towards the Lord, God's never displeased with you. I mean, God's really never displeased with you even if your heart's in a wrong place. It just may be that you're not being pleasing to Him. But when your heart is, is there before the Lord, you can't go wrong. A spirit of perfectionism will never let less than perfect be acceptable versus a spirit of excellence will always be satisfied with, I did my best. And really only you know if you really did your best. Because sometimes we can walk away from something and go, well, I did my very best when you really didn't do your very best. Well, spirit of excellence is going to cause you to do the very best in whatever it is that you're doing. But if you don't hit the mark, there's no condemnation in that. And you can live, you can live with yourself knowing that you did your best. But if you're operating in a spirit of perfectionism, it will never let less than, be, uh, uh, less than perfect be acceptable. Make sense? I don't know if I'm just not preaching good or if this is hitting home because it's so good. I don't really know. Uh, I really am struggling to stand up here at the moment, so thank you for your mercy. I actually don't feel bad, but I'm, I'm exhausted beyond measure. Never been this tired that I can ever remember. I went many days with little sleep, so, but praise the Lord, God's good. Perfectionism um, wants immediate results and really only cares about the current results versus excellence has patience for the right results to produce long, longevity. Think about this for a second with me. And we're gonna, I'm going to quit with this. Think about this. The Lord created the earth, and when he could put everything in it, he didn't just create it without the ability to reproduce. Everything that's on the earth, if it can die, it can also reproduce. Every tree, every animal, every flower, every plant, every, everything has the ability. I don't understand why snakes have that ability. To me, they should not have that ability. Or, or spiders. I was killing a spider last night when I woke up that did not exist. But anyways, that's what I think about spiders. You know, when you're in the middle of the night and it's like, no, you are, go back to sleep. Forgive me for being overly transparent. Um, but the Lord created everything with the ability to have longevity to it. When we do something, we shouldn't do it for just the immediate result. We should do it for the results of the next day, the next week, the next year, for future generations. That's why when we're building this church, we're doing it, we're doing it with excellence. I literally want this to outlast me. We're getting ready to move into a season coming up in this upcoming year where we're going to have a lot more ministry happening in different ways from different people than what we ever have before. The Lord's spoken to me very strongly. And it's because I want to, I'm not going to pull my influence and my heart and my ministry out, but I want to raise up other people to where literally, not that something will, but if something happened to me, this church would continue strong, moving forward, 
and it not be based on just me, but it has the ability to have longevity and perpetually keep moving forward. That's something that is done with excellence because that's how God does things. That's how God makes things. That's how God builds things. Things that God does last. Things that God does doesn't just break down and be done and is only built around one person. Think about that. He didn't, and I, he certainly could have handled it, but he didn't put the whole universe just in his hands. I mean, the whole earth, excuse me, the universe is, but the earth just in his hands. He actually literally gave Adam and Eve authority to it. He, he, he shared that authority with man. Well, actually, he gave that authority to man, but man has the ability amongst ourselves to steward what it is that God's given us here on the earth. Amen? And so there's, there's, long, there's longevity to it. If he had only given that authority to Adam, but it died with Adam when Adam died, then nobody would have authority after that. But aren't you thankful that God caused the thing to be able to keep moving forward? So anything with excellence is going to have vision for the future in it. Amen. Hallelujah. I have two more things here that I want to read about this, and then, and then I'm going to go to sleep. That's just all there is to it. Religion tries to obtain the results of excellence, or you could say perfectionism, and perfectionism is really, is really stems from religion because religion points to man's ability and perfection points to man's ability. Religion, perfectionism is really the manifestation of a religious spirit is really what it is. Religion tries to obtain the results of excellence without the spirit of excellence. Religion tries to obtain the results of excellence without the spirit of excellence, which can only work when one is fully submitted to the spirit of excellence. If you are not submitted to the Lord, to the Holy Spirit, to his lordship in your life, everything you're doing, the highest level you can operate is at a human perfection level, and it will never operate at a level of the excellence that the Holy Spirit can operate through you. God's stuff doesn't operate through people unless they are submitted to him. An unsubmitted or rebellious person will operate in a counterfeit only, not truly being submitted to the correct spirit. Amen. So we just, just have to check our heart and see where we're at. And let God be able to impart in us and cause us to move forward with, with his ability, with his, with his spirit, with the spirit of excellence. And when we're doing things as unto the Lord, then we're not submitted to flesh, we're submitted to him. It's actually really easy to discern. When we're doing something, are we looking, are we doing it to get joy out of it ourselves? There's nothing wrong with having joy in the middle of it, but are we looking for joy because of the end result of the thing that we're doing? If we are, then our joy is in the wrong place. Our joy should be found in doing things as unto the Lord. Amen. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.